0: gorgeous people, and welcome to another TV Central one-on-one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. Joining me today for another chat this year is Rob Mills. Whether you know him from the TV screens of Australian Idol, Young Talent Time, Neighbours or Dancing with the Stars, or perhaps in the theatre in Greece, the arena spectacular, Hair, Wicked, Ghost the Musical, and let me say, he's even played my favourite person, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Rob is always around at Christmas time singing carols at various locations and has written a book. Is there anything left on that bucket list? Let's find out. Rob Mills, thanks for joining me today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Aaron. How are you going? Merry Christmas and happy seasons.
0: <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas to you. Look, that is a long list of things you've done. So seriously, what, what have you got left to tick off? Because um, you still got a long career in front of you.
1: Uh, look, mate, I'm hoping... Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, just... Just to keep working is probably the best thing in the arts. Is just to uh, yeah, just to be gainfully employed, singing, performing, acting. Um, uh, hopefully, I'd like to be a father one day, um, but no pressure on Georgie. We're we're probably a couple of years away. We just got engaged last year, so um, yeah, we're we're both very uh, busy with work at the moment. So yeah, I think that's 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 probably the one thing I'd I'd really love to do. Oh, that'd be awesome.
0: Hey, on our last chat, we were lamenting uh, the end of Neighbours. Um, sadness for the industry in terms of opportunity and employment and, and how the show might end. A lot can happen mm. in a few months, right? Were, were you shocked like the rest of us? Um, or were you in the know that there was a potential lifeline?
1: Mate, I had no idea about this potential lifeline, but I'm so wrapped about it. I know um, a few of us were completely shocked. I know Guy Pierce was shocked. He's like, so does that mean my character still exists on Ramsey Street now? Um I think it's awesome. Right. I think for a few reasons. Um, it's employment in this country for a lot of people, for writers, for for the actors, for the props department, for the producer, for for everyone involved. Like, um, it still creates a uh, uh I don't know, like a a growing organism of like work for people forever. Like it's a neighbors was a school for a lot of people, for the, as I said, for the writers, for the directors, for the actors, for, for all the crew. So camera operators, soundies, um, it just means more people get employed and whether it shifts into a a new kind of format or style, or I I don't know. Um, but uh, I just, I love the fact that my friends will still be employed and that we keep, we keep telling Australian stories.
0: Have you spoken to any of the core cast? I mean, they must be over the moon, but there's still a lot of obviously unanswered questions about terms of storylines, characters returning, whether they pick up where they left off or there's a time jump and stuff. But have you, have you spoken to uh, Jackie or, or, or um, any of the team there?
1: I spoke to Fletch a little while ago and he's just really excited. He, They don't know yet what uh, to what capacity the show comes back, uh, what storylines, but I imagine there will be a, I imagine there'll be a Susan and a Carl for sure. And, um, def- I mean, how can you have Ramsey Street without Susan and Carl? I can't, I can't, Im- I just can't imagine it. Um, I think Tody's going to be there as well, Ryan. So that's, that's all I know so far. But yeah, I'm hoping there's, um, you know, as much soap drama as, as possible. I also love the fact that it normalizes a lot of stuff um, that people are going through as well. Um, it's a really good escapism for people
0: there's so much more to you than neighbors let's get away from neighbors i I just had to add that because of 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 the uh the show returning but you're actually appearing in the upcoming uh musical at juliet so it's not romeo and juliet per se but rather the pondering of the story of if juliet did not die where would things go is that right or perhaps you could articulate it better than me
1: no that's that's mate that is exactly it um it is the story of what if um, in the very beginning of the of the of the play, and I'm not giving too much away here. Um, it's in the first scene. Um Anne Hathaway, who is william Shakespeare's wife, um, she says, well, what if she doesn't kill herself? what, you know, they've just they've only just met, really. They've been together for a couple of weeks. Like, what if she just goes off and finds someone else or she goes and lives her life? So it's this constant, retelling and rewriting of the end of um, Romeo and Juliet that Anne Hathaway does. And then Shakespeare takes the quill back off her and rewrites it. So as the play goes on, it's this constant battle between husband and wife on how we're going to write this show. Um, mm. So, the, And the show plays out as it's being written. And it's very funny. Um, it's very heartwarming. It's also very um, poignant. It's very super progressive. Um and the, one of the best things I love about it is this is the music. Um Max Martin, you'd you might know is a Swedish pop writer. Um, he's written I think over 30 number one songs over the last 20 years. Yeah. Um Backstreet Boys, N Sync, um, Jesse J, Justin Timberlake, Demi Lovato, Britney Spears, Celine Dion. Like there is Kesha. There's I don't think there's anyone he hasn't written for. Um, so all of those songs are in this one show. So someone, someone said, it's the show Moulin Rouge wishes it was. <laughs> I didn't say that I saw a review in London that said that.
0: But like you said, the soundtrack's massive. I mean, cause we're thinking about Romeo and Juliet here, but then I, I didn't connect that with Britney Spears or Backstreet Boys or Kelly And How does that kind of, uh, music come into it?
1: Mate, with all good musicals, the, the, the song helps heighten the emotion and the storytelling. So, um the opening song is larger than life by backstreet boys but um that's sung by myself and you know i am shakespeare back in that day he was larger than life he was the greatest the greatest thing that was around well in his mind he was the greatest thing <laughs> around um there's a bit of ego that goes with it but um her juliet singing i'm not a girl not yet a woman just still trying to work out her life you know like there's there's lots of great stories um throughout those sort of pop songs in every pop song I think well in most pop songs I like to think there's a there's a definite little journey a little story um in every in every part so they've just really cleverly um helped progress the story with all these different songs um and as I said they're all bangers they're just um it's really really cleverly done I can't wait to start rehearsals so I can actually get my head around how it works as well
0: I've I've seen some clips of the UK version. It's massive and, and wild. Um, I think there's only one year difference in age between us. Um, Rob, it, is is this soundtrack like the the anthem of what we grew up on? It seems like it's like that '90s kind of era.
1: Oh mate, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. It, like it's all the songs I sang at home or in the car or, um, at the at the club, um, when I when we were kids. So yeah, it's it's definitely the soundtrack of my life. I mean, less. Like Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam, Metallica—like it doesn't have a probably doesn't have enough of that in there for me—but <laughs> it does have all the all the pop songs uh, from the top forty I was listening to at the time as well.
0: Do Do you know if it's doing a, a national tour? Because I, I see tickets are available for Melbourne. Do you, Do you know if it's going beyond Melbourne, or do I need to fly over there?
1: <laughs> Mate, you definitely need to fly to Melbourne. I think the plan is for it to be in Melbourne for as long as possible. Yeah, ah. yeah, this is going to be one of those. Sitting in Melbourne kind of shows for a while, which is great for me. We've just moved back um to Melbourne from Sydney, so um after just finishing Hairspray here, I'm like great, get to stay in Melbourne.
0: <laughs> All right, next publicity tour, I'll uh, I'll uh, head over for for the show. It looks awesome. Well, let's get a, a bit serious now because I want to talk to you about your book. Um, putting on a show. Um, well, let's just start by can you can you give me a general uh overview um and then we can delve a little bit deeper. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: So the the idea behind the book um came from an article that I wrote about uh sort of oh, languishing, drinking, losing some friends during COVID to, to cancer and then not being able to be there and not really exploring that grief and not really um talking about it or not really uh reflecting enough probably or not doing the doing the work, doing the, the process of going through the grieving instead of just drinking and yeah, doing all that stuff. I, uh the article was really well received and a publisher reached out to me and said, well, this is great. The writing is excellent. Do you want to do some more on this? And I said, oh, I've always been fascinated with identity. Um, identity is the country, but also identity as blokes. And as a guy who grew up playing footy, um, but also being in choir and in bands, also playing like baseball, cricket, mainly sort of sport, um, but also doing um, heavily involved in the arts as well. I was like, oh, where do I fit? I'm not really the Jackie Howe wearing sheep shearing bloke. I'm not really a Bondi uh, bronze surfer bloke. I'm not really a suit wearing guy who goes, works a nine to five in the city. Like where am I? And then I was like, oh, who is the average Aussie bloke? What, what does that look like these days? Are there any um, easily identifiable um, archetypes? You know? So, and for a lot of blokes, they're, they're sort of struggling to find out who that is or, what that looks like. Um, and does there need to be one? I think is probably the the other question. Or is it okay that we're all just a bunch of diverse weirdos? Um, which I which I really like as well. Um so that, it's sort of that's where the ponderings came from. And who do I want to speak to about this? And I was like, well, I'm not very enlightened in this field, but I'm interested. But there are people who are already working in this field, people like Dr. Pat McGorry, Professor Jane Perkis, Tyson Yonker Porter, Tommy Harkin, um uh, Jamila Rizvi, um, uh, Reverend Bill Cruz has been doing work in this sort of space of just being an awesome human forever. Um, so yeah the, I spoke to a sexologist, journalists I spoke to yeah an array of um, an array of people um and then sort of the ponderings of of that um, bit of introspection and sort of trying to look at how I thought about all of those interviews. Um, would hopefully help other men and even women to interest, introspect and, and listen and learn about who they are as people, and then go, oh, okay, I've learned something here, and now take this information and then go and have conversations with people, and hopefully get them to, to deeper, deeply connect with with others, um, with themselves, and hopefully um, to help the suicide rate in the country. Yeah, and to break down the stigma of shame guilt sexuality uh uh queerness um uh mental health just in general um was sort of was sort of the plan
0: that question that you pose what what's an average Aussie bloke I mean you Mm -hmm. could even cut that down to what what does it mean to be male but then again with differences in gender sexuality and fluidity um is there a difference of of of, of what is a male? So the question then becomes, who am I? But then I guess that fails to recognise that what is our place in this world and how do we fit in with the community around us? It's like opening up a can of worms, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it was. It we was, it was, it went deep, mate. Existential crisis. <laughs> uh, look out. Yeah. Um, I think this is, and this is the thing that we, we sort of struggle with. And there's a lot of self-help books around just to talk about the me, 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 me. And I was like, oh, what about the the people around us? Um, what about our tribe? Who, who who are the people that are in our tribe that can can help us through this? Um, and that was the that was part of it as well. I was just trying to work out for myself who my tribe is. Um, we put so much pressure on our partners or our family to be all the things. And you're Like, oh no, I, there are there are friends that can also help fill that void. Um, and if they can't, maybe they're not the right friends for me. Or maybe there are better friends that I could be finding. Or maybe there's a better partner. Or Maybe there's a conversation I need to be having um, with my partner to stop the relationship from inevitably becoming the same relationship I've had every other time. Um, so, yeah, I think it it was the, trying to get across the importance of introspection um, so you could learn more about yourself and then therefore make better judgments on who you are as a person, how you feel about things, how you can um, then – um, conflict resolute. You can, yeah, you can actually resolve things with your with your partner and within yourself. But also, if you you can't do it, it's okay. And that there are also other people out there who are experienced in the field, like counselors and psychologists and psychotherapists and psychiatrists, that can actually help you work the stuff out. And I think that's important as well to, to try and break down the stigma that it's not crazy people that go to see a psych; it's people who. Actually, want to better their lives, and who want to get a better understanding of who they are. Therefore, be a more productive, better, all all well-rounded human.
0: One of the reviews I read about the book, it said, um, "It makes for a harrowing read. Um, it's an important, timely book, um, and one which I hope generates conversation and change among those who read it." Putting on a show um, has a documentary feel. Rob basically goes full Louis Thoreau <laughs> The best compliment How's the best
1: compliment. I love Louis Thoreau. So I was, when I read that, I was like, oh my God, I have, this is awesome. (laughs) I mean, maybe by some sort of weird osmosis, I've picked up some Louis Thoreau type strategies (laughs) and just by, by, by asking questions and listening. And then, yeah, as I said, reflecting, um, we probably just don't do it enough as blokes. And that's the thing I've, I've learned that we, we go from moment to moment or, We don't go deeper. We don't delve deeper into the conversation um, in order to um, work things out. And therefore, we put things in boxes because we haven't really dealt with them. And then those boxes over time can overflow and erupt and turn into sadness, grief, shame, um, anger, violence, um, all sorts of things. And can and 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 we also avoid them in different ways we avoid looking at the boxes um all those thoughts and feelings by gaming or uh, alcohol drugs um certain other behaviors which give you a dopamine high but they don't actually they're just masking the the stuff that we're not actually dealing with um so yeah there's a bit of talk about alcohol and um, dependency and um hiding from from our from our from the things that we would probably really need to do talk about
0: one of the things you were dealing with and you mentioned this is the you know untimely death of a couple of your friends um how much did did that i can't think of a better word than how much did that rock your world um and you know what impact did that have on you
1: oh mate it's just just sad it's just sad like sadness is in is part of it's just another emotion on the spectrum that we have that we have but it's horrible to think that some that these people who are Kind, compassionate, were just not there anymore. Like, it, it, uh, like a wake up call to just live your life. Like they were, they were living, they were making things happen. And I think for me, it was a real wake up call. Like you've got to do something with your life. You've got to live it. You've got to actually. What are the things that make you happy? Because they they might just be gone tomorrow. And if you haven't said the things that you need to say, one of the things that Reverend Bill said, he said, don't, don't wait till your deathbed to say all those things. If you love someone, tell them. If, you're, if it's a mate that's in trouble that you can see, like, tell them. Tell them how you feel. Why, why, why are we waiting around for the right moment or waiting until our life is nearly ended? Because it could be taken away from us at any moment. So I think that was part of part of as well, writing the book. is like, write, write it. Say the things or else, you know, yeah, it could be, it could be taken away from you. And they were, yeah, very, very good humans.
0: I guess I, um, very quickly, like with me, I had a sister that passed away and she was 20 years old. And, you know, there was one thing at least that there was no regrets because, you know, sometimes siblings fight and they argue and stuff all the time, but she was my best friend right, right up until she died. So we actually had all those good moments beforehand. So yeah, I'm I'm so with you about, you know, um, just, loving and being with the people that are around you now you not not waiting you know tell tell people that you love them you know be in the moment and that's really good um i'm sorry to want, hear about your sister yeah um obviously you want people to read the book but um what are some of the takeaways from the book what what, what are some strategy or thoughts for people you know that just don't know where their place in their place in society is or, or they don't know what their identity is
1: um man i think it, i think it would be the introspection and i know that sounds weird like it's like a very generalized thing but think feel read books like read fiction um learn from different characters and how they feel about things and and then oh how do i feel about these things i think it was my friend uh virginia gay said on q and a she quoted someone i can't remember the quote she wrote it to me the other day but she said art Um, especially like theater, live theater, allows you to feel the things you didn't know you needed to feel. I love that sentiment, Um, especially when you go see a show and then you get to feel it en masse with everyone else. Like there's a sense of belonging um, and connectedness with everyone else in the theater. But even when you're reading a book, um, you are taking some time out for yourself and your just – listening to the words of the writer, but also listening to your own thoughts and how you process, process, process them. I think that's a really important thing for people to do. Don't do that so much with a the, the phone. We yeah. tend to just scroll for 10, 15 seconds on each video and it's gone. We don't we're not reflecting on what we've just seen. Just the dopamine hit, oh that was that made me feel good. That made me feel good. That made me feel good. Me feel good. You don't know why you don't <laughs> you just just was it's gone. With a book Or with a piece of art, you, yeah, you, you, there's something about taking the time for that. Um, So with with this book, um, the takeaways are the importance of introspection, um, learning how you feel about things, um, actively having conversations in order to fix those things, or sometimes not just to fix, but just to voice it. So it just is out of your head. It's really important to have those conversations with your partner or with a friend or family member or a psych. Um, And also just trying to break down the stigma. I think for a lot of blokes as well, it's um, uh, be brave and share. Because if you share, that means you've given a green light for someone else to share back. And that could just be the, the thing that they needed.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. When some people need to, to find their way uh, into the world, they sometimes they need to find a label, um, but yet through your journey, you are literally one of the only celebs in Australia that cannot be labeled. I mean, people don't really associate you with any TV network. Um, so you're able to cross seven, nine and 10 with no real issues. I mean, you did obviously neighbors on 10 and morning show dancing with the stars with seven carols, why candlelight with nine. and, And you had other shows with nine in the past, you, you know, at present, you write books, you sing. Um, you're obviously not needing a label. It's like you're Switzerland. Um, is it is it being in the public? It's easy being in the public eye without any real label or stereotype.
1: Um, my mate M, she's like, "What do you stand for? Who you? who?" I was like, I said to her the other day on her podcast, "I was like, maybe I, maybe bit of everything, and then maybe that's okay for me. Maybe there is no, maybe it's okay if I." if I like to do all the things, I remember even when I did Idol, they said, someone said, what do you want to do in an interview? What do you want to do after this? I go, everything. I just want to, I want to host. I want to um, act. I want to sing. Um, I want to, yeah, I want to perform. I want to entertain. I think it's, it's, it's under the the umbrella of entertainment. Um, And that's, that's pretty much what I've wanted to do forever is just entertain people, whether it's in a, Silly parody song, or it's a bit of stand-up, or it's a bit of um, writing, or um, in a musical, or whatever it is, a bit of hosting. Uh, yeah, I think it's just entertain, and I'm, I'm okay with just doing a bit of everything, and not, I don't know. Some people say maybe you don't stand for everything. I go, well, I stand for, I know what I stand for: goodness, compassion, kindness. That's that's the sort of stuff, and entertainment, have a bit of
0: fun. And they're all the important things. Um, you you often do that do stuff that involves community, such as musicals or even your presenting roles like young talent time involving ensemble. So who is Rob Mills away from it all? Like in times of isolation?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, Mate, I'm a gamer. I like to sit sometimes and play PlayStation. I like to read. Um, I like to play music. I like to play my guitar. I like to take photos, um, which I probably don't post because they just, I just, I just like taking photos, showing Georgie. Um, (laughs) What else do I like? I like music, I like a podcast. I like a. I like to learn. Some people like to escape in their podcasts, and some people, I think, like to learn. Some people, yeah, some people like a true a true crime podcast. Well, I like a Freakonomics or a This American Life, or um, yeah, I like anything where I'm learning stuff. That's 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 for me. Um, I don't think I used my brain enough in like primary school and high school. Um, I think it was underdeveloped. I don't think I pushed myself enough. And so now I'm like, Oh, I really want to learn. I really like learning.
0: (laughs) You're, you're obviously out like a confident person in, in terms of the things that you do, but I'm just interested to know what, what are things that still worry you though, or you have fears about
1: singing, acting, performing like full blown imposter syndrome. Most of the time, like every time I go on stage, um, is this good enough? we be judged for this. Like a whole my whole life is judged, is you know, like it's this it's subjective and every performance is. Um, we just put on a show on the weekend, my friend Bobby and I. Will enough people come? Will we make the money back that you know that we've outlaid for the show? Will they enjoy the, the gags that I wrote? You know, like were they like who who knows? Like I I yeah, self-conscious, self mm, self-confident. I'm definitely have a lot more self-worth than I did when I was 21. I think everyone has a bit more self-worth when, as they get older. Um, but I think it just came with practice and doing the, doing the work um, personally and professionally. Um,
0: That's actually yeah, I, mean, I, still get,
1: I still get nervous. I still get nervous before every show. I think and my partner says we talk about this a lot. It's like it's just because we care. That's the reason you get nervous.
0: Yeah, I can understand being nervous, but with all the stuff you've done and the huge musicals you've been in, it's just interesting that you still wonder, you know, what's the reaction going to be to this? What am I good enough sort of thing? And so you, you sort of don't rely on your years of experience in, in all of that to think, you know, I, I think this is good enough. You still worry about that? Yeah,
1: a little bit. I think it gets less and less over time. There is a thing that happens in Australia. Um, we have this lack of confidence in ourselves for fear of the tall poppy syndrome, possibly. Um, Where I remember 2015, I did a one-man show called Rob Mills is Surprisingly Good, using the title of Surprisingly Good to try and own what the media had been saying about me for years. Like, oh, he's surprisingly good. He's surprisingly, he's actually not bad. <laughs> so I was like, if I, if I take ownership of it, and then I get to actually be good, good enough. And I definitely am at a place now where I do feel good enough, but it, it, that still doesn't stop the heart rate going up before the performance to make sure that you've remembered your lines or that you've, you're have you doing the right, um, you're bringing the right energy to the performance. It's still nerve-wracking, which I think is great. I think that's the adrenaline that you need to hold on to. I think as soon as I lose that, I think it, it's time for me to call it a day.
0: I'm a bit of a a planner, an organizer, I like structure. I mean, I'm wondering, do you ever worry about work? I mean, unless you're on something like Neighbours um, for 30 years, um, you, you, your your profession guarantees you absolutely nothing. Um, I right. mean, you seem to get, you know, steady work obviously, but do you worry about, you know, what what's up next?
1: Oh, yeah, mate. I bought a house this year with Georgie. Um constantly thinking about it. <laughs> Rate rises are going up. You're like, well, okay. But I've, I've been very lucky. Um, but you are only as good as your last gig. I think in the Australian or well, in the arts, um, any any workplace really. Don't be a dick. Um, if you're a, if you're a joy to work with or you work well with others, um, if you turn up, you're responsible. You're um, consistent. You can perform. You can, um, yeah. As I said, not be a jerk. You can. That's. There are really really important things to 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 keep keep working i have longevity i think in the industry um and create as well i think like bobby and i put on this christmas show over the weekend and when there's no work if i'll write something or i'll try and create something um or try and get involved with someone who is creating something um in order to like collaborate or just in order to keep keep busy because you never know who you're going to meet and what what it could turn into um I remember years ago, my mate Cameron Dado said to me, he goes, it's a great, great line. He says, don't wait for permission, which is super important in our industry where no one's just going to offer you a job. They might. Like my partner has been very lucky. She's gone straight from job to job to job, um, which is really, really, really rare. I have to keep reminding. Her. I'm like you're very, very lucky. She says, I'm also very good. I go, yes, you're also very <laughs> good, but like, she's she's excellent, but um very lucky like it's it's important to to realize that yeah you you have to work uh you have to work hard um in order to uh keep keep creating things but yeah don't be a jerk keep working hard and create your own stuff look and in the beginning it might be crap it might be no good but over time it just gets better
0: i want to move to something completely different now um i hear that you're involved in the the red bull billy cart race i mean can you tell me about that? Because I know nothing about it, except I, I went online and had a look, at it. And just all looks pretty wacky and crazy. What's that about?
1: So I am an ambassador for, um, for Suzuki Australia. And they asked me a few months ago now. Uh, the race just happened a couple of weeks ago. But uh, they asked me months ago, would I like to be the driver for the, basically, you know, the Suzuki Jimneys? They're like a little two-door four-wheel drive oh, yeah, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. right? They made a miniature version of that. And they wanted to know if I wanted to be the driver. Suzuki was one of the sponsors on uh, on the day. If uh, the winning car won, um, the winning race, um, the driver won a, um, they won a Jimny for their team, which I think is pretty pretty amazing. So we made a miniature version. When I say we, the people at Red Bull, the proper engineers who know how to make (laughs) billy carts, uh, made one and I got to to race it down the hill. So I was in the city in Melbourne, uh, in East Melbourne. Went down this hill. It was about one hundred and fifty meters. I think it was two hundred meters um, of straight downhill. There was jumps. There was turns. Uh, there was a big sort of bank thing. There's yeah. There was water. There was there was chaos. Um, and we had to learn a dance uh, <laughs> as well. You get judged on your ju- on your dancing and also judged on your the time and your your car as well. So it was pretty wacky. There was I think there was fifty or so entrance. From all across um, the country, all across the world, so it's only been held in Australia, I think, a handful of times. So this is the first time it's been back in Melbourne in, in like maybe the last fifteen years or so. So it was just great to have, a, like, a another big sporting um, event in in Melbourne. But yeah, it was it was super wacky, super fun, and of like a bucket a bucket list thing for me.
0: It sounds like I need to move to Melbourne. They've got the Billy Cut Red Bull stuff over there. They've got all the big theater productions. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man. It's the place good. to be. It's
0: the place yeah, to be. Well, you are in, in Melbourne now, and then you're in Sydney. Um, Is there a reason why you haven't done the regular Aussie thing and, and decided to move and make it big in the UK or the US?
1: Yeah, I looked at it in 2010 going to America after, after Wicked. I had some meetings over there, and then I ended up just getting some work back here in Australia, so I sort of postponed it. I sort of looked at visas, and then... I ended up getting jobs here. I, I was really lucky enough to get the job hosting Young Talent Time and then Legally Blonde and then that ran into Grease the musical and then that sort of ran into Ghost the musical after I did my own one-man show. So I've just sort of consistently worked here, but the plan was to move to London after, um, after Neighbours in 2020, but then obviously the lockdown happened and we never, Georgie and I never left, so we, we stayed, which has worked out pretty well for her uh and and for me as well so i've been lucky enough to do a couple of really great shows the last couple of years in chess and now hairspray and then moving into and juliet but yeah I, I think it's definitely still on the cards i know georgie's still keen to move overseas one day so look if that happens i, I don't know i don't know when that might happen but it looks like we'll be here for at least the next couple of years
0: well, you're going to be here at least for Christmas. So um, I know you're doing uh, carols by Candlelight for nine, but tell me about some of the other other ones that you've um, done, some of the carol events. I mean, there's some great community ones out there, isn't there?
1: Oh, it's the best. I love these community events. It brings people together. I just did the Glenara Council uh, with my friend Lucy Jurak. I got to go up to Shoalhaven, um, so into Nara at the Performing Arts Centre there with Rhonda Birchmore. We did two concerts, um, which was just amazing what a pro she's just one of the one of the greats um excuse me um and then i've also uh, just did a a show with my friend bobby fox down in geelong the kings of christmas we got a special guest dennis walter to join us who is the king of christmas um yeah so all these events have been oh just incredible for me I, i i love it it does it does actually help get me in the mood for christmas um and yeah, bring bring a bit of Christmas cheer to uh to, to everybody. But yeah, you get to hang out with friends and um put on basically put on a little bit of a, a fun show.
0: Yeah, and and you are doing the big one, carols by candlelight. Um, yes. Who, who's performing with you? And are you allowed to say what you're performing?
1: I'm not allowed to say what I'm performing, but I am performing with Bobby Fox. Um, I'll be doing the the kids. We call it the kids section, but it's like the family section with with Santa. Like every year, I'm I'm lucky enough to. Well, I'm hoping Santa comes this year. But, yeah, I'm lucky enough to have been able to perform with Santa the last couple of years. This year will be with Tim Campbell and my good friend, Michaela Bannis, who's hilarious. Um, and then there's a very special, um, I think I'm allowed to say this, a very special song that we're singing. Myself, Amy LaPalma, uh, Casey Donovan, there's a, and then there's a few of us from Anne Juliet, a few of us from um, Harry Potter, a few from Mary poppins and a few from um i think there's something else as well but oh oh, and hamilton as well so this i think there's four or five people from each production of the michael castle shows that are going to be performing a a song together which is really exciting
0: and do, do you think the carols this year are i guess more important than ever i think for some people christmas this year like just with long COVID and interest rates and cost pressures and floods um you know, I wonder what we can do to help help people that are in that situation. I mean, obviously there are things we can do. We can reach out and we can show kindness and smile and but I think Carol's is is I think it's more important than ever. It's that time to actually come through coming, you know, as a community together and just block out the rest of the world for a couple of hours and, and just be in that spirit of joy. Um, do you think that Carol's is more important this year than ever or?
1: Yeah. I mean I think this this time of year is it's a really good time to reflect on the year that's been and not just for yourself, super important for yourself, but for your family and the people are closest around you. Um, but to take the time out to realise the people who are doing it, really tough as well. Um, I know Vision Australia do incredible work throughout the year. That's why we all donate our, our time for Vision Australia um, uh, on, on carols. But there are numerous charities, I'm sure, that we'll, uh, we'll be reaching out um, if, if you can share a few dollars even they can all go a really 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 long way. Um, people like Big W and Kmart are always having like um, toy drives at the at the front door when you're buying your gifts for for kids and family you can buy another gift and just leave it under the tree for, for kids that don't that might not get presents this year or all those sorts of things or yeah, donating money to food bank and um, or even even food um all that all that stuff is super is super important. I think it's a great time to reflect on as I said the year that's been, but also um if you are doing it tough or if other people are doing it tough um it's a really good time to yeah to reach out and help help one another
0: and finally um so what's your Christmas plans this year? I mean obviously you'll do Carol's by Candlelight on Christmas Eve but what will you be doing on the big day is it a family thing or georgie or
1: uh, my big family thing is on Boxing Day. We did a Christmas lunch with my my um, dad's side of the family, um, just got on the weekend, just gone, and then Boxing Day is a big one with my mum's family. Heaps of cousins, heaps of cricket, heaps of uh, heaps of food, um, and then I think the following week we're going to go up to um, we're going up to Brisbane to see her, um, just see Georgie's family. But yeah, Christmas Day I think it'll just be Georgie and I going down to the beach somewhere and just. Um, actually, having a relaxing day.
0: Oh, beautiful!
1: It's gonna be it's gonna be lovely. I'm gonna catch up catch up with a few friends uh, throughout the day, but yeah, nice nice and quiet, and get myself ready for a big couple of days of family, and then we're off to the cricket on the 27th, and and then I get gotta get ready for a New Year's Eve gig.
0: Oh, awesome! Well, Rob Mills, thanks so much for joining me today. A huge big Merry Christmas to you, and I'm um, I'm looking forward to at Juliet, um, and of course Carols by Candlelight.
1: Thanks Matt. Merry Christmas to you and yours.
0: Thank you so much. That was Rob Mills and you can see him at Juliet um, next year with tickets available through Ticketek. Um, Carols by Candlelight will of course be screened on nine on Christmas Eve. You can also grab a copy of his book, putting on a show from all good bookshops. Now, I believe Rob doesn't discriminate, so they're probably also available at all bad bookshops as well. Um, And you can also get the audiobook versions as well. That's it for this one-on-one podcast. For all the latest news, streaming options, guys, and podcasts, head to tvcentral.com.au. Until next time, I'm Aaron Ryan, and bye for now.